welcome to the Flight Thief Podcast, where we talk about budget travel. I'm Rachel Meyer, your host and founder of Flight Thief, a community focused on making travel accessible. I share cheap flights each week so that you can take the trip of your dreams without ruining your budget. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to episode four of the Flight Thief Travel Podcast. This is the second in the series that we're doing on travel journaling. In today's episode, you will hear from Ashley Tebbs about her method of recording her travels. Let me just tell you, her journal is bursting at the seams. It is full of illustrations, postcards, Polaroids, and other mementos she's picked up throughout the world. If you would like to look inside Ashley's journal, as well as see my hilariously terrible Cambodian visa that I have saved in my journal, then head to patreon.com and search for Flight Thief Travel Podcast. That's where I post the the behind-the-scenes content from each episode. The link is also found in the show notes below. Quick reminder, if you sign up to be a first-class supporter of the show by June 30th, you will receive a free flight weight Flightweight, lightweight flight thief hoodie. Whew. Before we get into the episode, I want to give a shout out to Jot Journals, the sponsor of this episode. Jot Journals would be a great place for someone to start who has never journaled before. And that's because they are physical journals that you write in that have prompts in them. So if you're not sure what to write about, or maybe you want to become a little bit more consistent about your writing, this is a great place to start. If you've kept a journal for a long time, this might just be a different approach that you haven't tried before. It's also great for any stage of life that you're in. You could use a jot journal while you're traveling, or you could also use it just as your regular journal. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2020, watch our Flight Thief Instagram because we will be doing a giveaway with Jot Journals later this month. With that, let's get into the episode. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show, Ashley. Can you speak a little bit about how you started your travel journal? So I didn't actually start it when I first started traveling. Um, My first trip, so all but two of my trips have been solo. And I've been trying to come up with a way to like really commemorate them in an easy way. I mean, I love my Instagram. I have fun posting on there. But I, I see my little journal as something that I can display on my coffee table. And when people come over, they're welcome to look through it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a nice little memento. And I save my ticket stubs for buses. And there's this restaurant I went to in Ireland uh, called The Harry Lemon. <laughs> and uh, the owner gave me a postcard for it and so I have it tucked into the page with that one. It's kind of been fun to explore all of the different ways that people do these travel journals because there is no one way and after we started talking about this on Instagram a few days ago I busted out all my travel journals and I do like a really similar thing. Yeah I have this like super heinous picture uh that was on my Cambodian visa. Let's see if I can find it. It was like oh my gosh. So I don't know if you can see. (laughs) It makes me smile to be honest. That's why I kept it is I'm like I look at that picture and I remember (laughs) 
I remember exactly how I felt. I had just come off like a 24 hour long train ride, hadn't slept, felt terrible. And then I'm like, okay, fine. Let's take this stupid picture. Um, so yeah, I think it's fun to keep those things. One thing that I want to get across in the podcast is that even if you haven't done this every single trip, you can start now. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, um, I'm kind of sad because now when I travel, I take it with me, you know, to mm-hmm. fill in as I go. And I have a little like printer, it Wi-Fi connects to my phone and then I choose which prints I want. And that's, um, you know, it's just like a small little Polaroid, like that big. Mm-hmm. And so, cause I don't want to take that with me abroad. I, I still do everything else. I still take like my colored markers with me and, you know, and then I feel like I miss less details. But I didn't do Thailand, and that was my first trip. I didn't do that until a year later. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was really missing much. And you'll remember your favorite parts anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> right. And the way that I think of it is better late than never, right? Because you'll remember more now than you will five years from now or 10 years from now. Or if you are creating something for um, maybe people to look at or kids to look at or other um, people who weren't on the trip, they would never know the difference. And they don't, they don't care. Like it's still a cool memento. I get intimidated. Um, I keep, so, okay, they're all here. So I'm just going to show you like, this is my, over the last, I don't know, seven years, like I have a boatload and I get super intimidated. Even having journaled for a long time, I get super intimidated thinking that I have to record every detail. But then when I go back, read them, I find it's not really about like the exact little detail. Sometimes it's cool to see that, but just like even a high level overview of like, this is what I thought was cool, or this is what I was thinking about, or. No, that's exactly it. It doesn't have to be, yeah, when people are going back later to fill in their journals, they don't have to remember every single thing that happened on their trip. What are your highlights? I bought, I went on to Amazon and the little other book that I got, I ordered like five of the same one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can just keep filling in when I'm ready because I'm a little OCD, but. <laughs> keep them the same. Uh-huh. Yep. No shame. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I love that it's like busting at the seams too. I know it's huge. It's very full. It's just from all the, you know, the Polaroids that I've put in there. And, you know, I mentioned MOCD. If I ever didn't like a page, I just tape or I'd glue normal paper over it. That is my favorite one. I think Uh I drew the map of Bangkok and it was just beautiful. And, you know, like pictures of the temple. And when I couldn't decide on all of the pictures, I just printed a bunch and put a little tab. I love the um, Polaroid idea. I have not done that. Um, And I like that. And that actually seems less intimidating to me. I don't know. I I agree. I had the little um, Polaroid printer. I realized it was sitting on a shelf for a while. And I was like, wow, this would be the perfect thing. I'm really happy with how this has turned out. And this is like, yeah, I want to show it to everyone who comes over. (laughs) (laughs) Check this out. Yeah. It's a great idea. Thank you. Another thing I wanted to ask about is just general budget travel tips, because that's the focus of the podcast. Uh, So hostels, obviously, if you're comfortable with that. My first thing there is I know all of us in the United States are like, why would you? First off, it's not you and one other person, generally. 
you can choose how many bunk beds you want. You can choose to be in the uh, six bed dorm. Okay. And so if there's a creeper in there, there's you and the creeper and four other people, like everyone's aware. <laughs> but even then I've never been in a, in an uncomfortable situation. Uh, and so definitely look into those, especially for pricier cities like Paris. I stayed in a hostel and it was a lot easier on my budget. And so, you know, I could do more things. I always find a little shop and I buy breakfast items that are easy to carry around because then it's cheaper. And then, you know, I can grab it and eat it while I'm walking, doing that. And you, I mean, breakfast isn't super expensive, but it adds up, you know, and I'd rather spend my money eating out on lunch or dinner. And so that's my thing is I tend to just buy breakfast at a grocery store. Um, what else? I mean, it's always the classic, don't buy the first thing you see. Uh, when I was in Istanbul, I loved the Turkish tea. And instead of buying a bag of it from the Grand Bazaar, I asked a little lady in a shop and she pointed me to a grocery store and I came home with a big bag of tea and they didn't like, it's not portioned off into little tea bags. It's just leaves. And so it got pulled out of my bag in the airport, like four times. <laughs> I think you're smuggling drugs. Yeah. They're like, what is this bag of leaves? But yeah, if there's like a souvenir or something you want to bring home, like it's worth it to look into and don't just buy it from the tourist spot. Like I walked through the Grand Bazaar because it's the Grand Bazaar, but like don't buy from it because you're going to spend like four times. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned the Grand Bazaar on this because I feel like of all of my travel purchases, I made potentially my worst purchase at the Grand Bazaar. And I think I was just caught up in all of it. I w was there when I was on a study abroad. And so part of it was we just didn't have very much time and I didn't do a very good job negotiating. But man, I think I paid way too much for it. But I have my favorite souvenir from Turkey. Uh, it's a lamp. Awesome. And yeah, it's beautiful. I love getting home furnishings from places. I have another thing from the Grand Bazaar, actually, since we're on that note, is I have one of the um, pictures of the whirling dervishes. And only maybe a year or two ago, I have two of them um, and they were odd sizes. So I had to get them specially framed and they yeah. are hanging in my house. So I love having that. I, yeah, I used to not spend money on souvenirs because, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, well, you know, I could spend that on something else or, mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like my first couple trips, I was really like, let's see how little I can spend, which is fine if like, you know, you don't want to spend money, but it got to the point where I'm like, dang, I didn't bring much home from Thailand. I don't think I brought anything back for myself from Ireland besides whiskey chocolate, which is long gone. <laughs> You know, and so after that one, I've been, uh, I bought like three alpaca blankets from Peru, but you know, like I have the blankets on display in my living room and I have like Turkish tea glasses and coffee cups. And I just, I, I agree with you. I love decorating my house with like my stuff. I'm not a big like knickknack person, but like the things that you mentioned, like blankets or other home furnishings and stuff, I'm. I can totally get behind that. I'm sorry, I did come up with another one. So um, if it's possible, I, you know, cause some people don't have an unlocked phone. Some people don't have that ability, but if you can get a SIM card wherever you're going, you're gonna save money. You know, I think T-Mobile and if you have a Google plan, the international services and in, uh, it's included. 
but I got my phone unlocked. And so when I travel, you know, I buy a SIM card in the airport, wherever I am. I think for Morocco, that trip got canceled. That one, I was supposed to be there last month. Sad. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I did look into it though. And the SIM card, like five gigabytes would have been, I think five euros, which is like $6. And that would have been a lot cheaper for me than, you know, the $10 a day every day. Uh, And I think to top it up, would have been another five euros. So I'm like, cool, 10 max. So yeah, definitely if people can look into that option, you'll have to pay off your phone and then submit a request to your carrier, but that'll save you so much money like in the long run. But don't lose your SIM card. Yeah, you will be screwed and you won't be able to use your actual like phone plan until you're home and can get a new SIM card from your like provider. Just keep that in mind, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a lot of uh, cards and banks, you know, they charge the foreign transaction fees mm-hmm. and like the ATM withdrawals. So I never exchange money when I get to a place just because, you know, I don't want to deal with the exchange rate. And so I got the Charles Schwab high investment checking account card and there's no minimum balance. So I don't have to worry about that. But since they don't have any physical locations, they just refund every single ATM fee at the end Mm -hmm. of the month. I just put money on that before I travel. And the other thing is you do have to have a high credit score. They do check for that. And then you do have to transfer the money like four days beforehand Mm -hmm. because they hold it for that four days. I don't know all the whys, but yeah, as long as you have a high credit score and you can transfer money earlier, you can pull it out. And that $3, $4, $7 fee, all of those that add up, you'll just get it back at the end of the month. And then I like to use my Chase credit card wherever they accept cards, but we all know people don't like accepting cards out of the country. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great tip with the, um, did you say it's Charles Schwab card? Yes, Charles Schwab. It's an investment banker. Mm -hmm. And let me see if I can find the exact name of the account that I have, because yeah, anyone who needs that, a lot of money from not paying ATM fees or exchange rates. Mm -hmm. We just recently um, got a SoFi card um, and it's similar. I think same thing because they don't have a physical location. Um, There's no ATM fees even internationally, which is amazing. I have paid so much money in ATM fees over the course of my life. Well, yeah. And because the thing is when you travel is like, Okay, well, they either do, you know, a percentage fee or just a flat fee. And so, like, I don't want to pull out all of this cash because what if I get robbed? Mm-hmm. But then the other thing is, if I keep going to the ATM, I'm going to have to keep paying more fees. So, yeah, I just do the Charles Schwab card. And when you pull out the money, it's just automatically converted. So you're not paying that exchange rate. So, yeah, it's just called the investor checking account. Yeah, for anyone who has that option. Good tip. Yes. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again for taking the time. Have a good rest of your night and a good rest of your quarantine. You too. (laughs) Thank you. Nice to meet you. And thank you to everyone for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a review, give us a thumbs up, and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you so much. Mm